Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. We have these things available for you so that you continue to grow. And, you know, sometimes you need to hear the word again and again and again, right? Well, obviously, because you keep coming to church, so I'm grateful for that. That's the key. Just keep coming. Just keep coming. How many of you live long enough to understand that this world can be a beating, right? I mean, it can just beat the crud out of you and its system. So that's why we need to continue to gather together. Amen. To stay in faith and to be encouraged and to encourage one another and stir one another up, as the Scripture says, up to good works and to remember who we are. Amen. That we are sons of a kingdom that cannot be shaken, children of the kingdom of God. Amen. Sons of God. Amen. So uh, that way we, we, we understand and keep the perspective of victory because we as believers, we, we're, not, we're not searching, we're not fighting for victory we are fighting from victory. We stand in a position of victory in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. What a glorious reality that we have. But one of the, this thing about abundance is we've been covering this because the Lord has shown himself all throughout the scripture that he is a God of abundance. And he wants to abundantly bless you. The first time that we see the name El Shaddai, which was the Hebrew, one of the Hebrew names for God, that God introduced himself this way. No one called him that just out of some response to what God had done, God introduced himself in this way in Genesis chapter 17. It's the first mention of the word El Shaddai, or it's translated in English, Almighty God or God Almighty. And the Lord appeared to a man named Abram and said, I am Almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. And in that chapter, by the end of that chapter, you see that God made a covenant with Abram. He said, as for me, I'm going to establish my covenant with you. God's offering himself to him, to Abram, and saying, I want to make a covenant with you. I want to multiply you in the, in the earth. Your descendants will be mighty in the earth. Now, how many of you know Abram had a choice? He could have said, eh, I'm good. But upon hearing God introduce himself as, I'm the all-sufficient sustainer. I'm the one who has the power to bless you with all manner of blessing. I mean, who's not going to say yes to that deal? And in this covenant, God said, as a matter of fact, I need your name to reflect the name I just introduced to you. I am the God of more than enough, the one who has the power to bless you. So I need you to no longer be satisfied with just thinking of yourself as father, which that's what Abram means. Now, I want you to get this name in your mouth, which is a confession, Abraham, which means father of nations. That's what El Shaddai is going to do in your life to make what is impossible possible, to make what looks to be hopeless hopeful. And that connection with God is why we're still talking about Abraham today. And we are all part of this family who are children of Abraham. Did you know that if you believe in Jesus, you're a child of Abraham too? That's Galatians 3 tied it all together where it makes sense for us today. I mean, we understand, well, that's great for Abraham. How does that relate to my life? Because you're all children of Abraham. If you are Christ, Galatians 3, 29, if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. What this is saying is you get what Abraham got. Whatever he had, whatever he inherited, that is also your inheritance. But you must understand that 
the access to that is by faith in God. The access to this El Shaddai reality in your life is faith in Him. To believe Him at His word and to not get caught up in circumstances, in limitations, in human reasonings, but just decide you're going to believe God no matter what you see, no matter what you smell, no matter what you feel, no matter, no matter what. You're not going to be governed by your senses when it comes to your relationship with God. You are going to live by faith. And come to the place where you say, God, let it happen to me just like you said it. Because God has given you and I these promises, and Jesus Christ paid for these promises with his own life. Died for you to live in the reality of these promises, not just to have wishful thinking, but an actual assurance. To see these promises manifested in your life, God wants you to live in his goodness. Because that's what he wants you to have. Not because we've earned it. No. It's because he's a good God. Because he's gracious. Can I get a good amen? Our launching scripture has been Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, the amplified version, specifically the 2015 version. It's a little more succinct and terse, so we, we get there quicker. Now to him, let's all read this together. Huh? We'll read it slow. Now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. You know what you just read? You just read the truth. This isn't fiction. You know, when I, I read about the Chronicles of Narnia, C.S. Lewis, I wish to God they were true. When I read this verse, I think, that's so good. And it's true. It's real. This isn't some fairy tale. This is who God says, I'm able to do this. Why would he introduce himself to us this way? Why would he say he's able to do this? So that we will believe not only is he able, but is willing. Not only that he's able, but that he's willing. Don't buy into the religious lie of just halfway knowing God. Just knowing that he's powerful. Just knowing that he's capable. Just, that's not enough. That's not even the whole story. I mean, it's not hard. I mean, really, is it hard to believe that God can? Duh. I mean, amongst all the differences that we have with one another, unfortunately, the church has way too many differences amongst denominations, and uh, that's got to stop. By the way, there's no such thing as denominations in heaven. Did you know that? How in God's name can there be his will on the earth? I, I still don't get that. Anyway, that's another sermon for another time. But one thing that we would agree with across the board, none of us would argue on this truth, that God can do anything. Any of you have a problem with that here today? Anybody? Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I mean, if you acknowledge that he's God, then you, you're acknowledging that he's capable. But that's not all God wants you to know. He needs you to understand something about him. He's not going to tell you who can if he's not willing to do it too. Because what good does it for you? What, what, what does it really accomplish for you to, to just know that he can? Well, how does that relate to you? Well, I, I, I got knowledge that he can. Yeah, but you need to know that he will. 
And that's where the choke point happens. It really does. That's where it happens where we, he's willing. Uh, you might even buy into the fact that he's willing, but when it comes to is he willing to do it for you, that might be a whole different ball game. But I'm here to tell you today that he is willing to do it for you. He is willing to be your God of abundance if you will allow him. He's not going to force it on you. He's given you the beautiful gift of choice. But he wants to reveal himself to you this way. Because you're children of Abraham. And as he did for your father Abraham, so he wants to do for you. Yeah. Didn't he prove that to us when he gave us Jesus? Huh? Right. Romans 8, he who did right. not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? What that means is he gave you Jesus. There's nothing he's going to hold back. If he'd give you his own son, he'll give you anything. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Okay, I got to hurry. I know, I know, I got to hurry. I know you got to take dad to lunch. Okay, let me think. Let me just get maybe one, part, one thought here to you. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, man, I'm really going over some good stuff here. Okay, let's do this. Uh, Hebrews 11, 6. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God... How many of you want to please God? All right, you see what it takes. It takes faith. Without faith it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. Are we all there? We all, everybody here? Believe that God does exist? That he is? Okay, so good. That's... That's good. And, and that he, just as much as you believe that he is, you also need to believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Yeah. So the fact that you believe that he is, is proof also that you also believe that he can. Because, I mean, if you believe he's God, then you, God can do anything, right? But then, that's not the whole picture. It's not the whole story. Now, he also says he wants you to know he is a rewarder. So now we see his ability and his willingness. His willingness to reward those who diligently seek him. He's looking for diligent seekers. That is people who don't give up. People who don't quit too soon. Huh? People who do not fumble and stumble and doubt and unbelief. Somebody who's a diligent seeker is someone who's determined to get what they came to get. Hmm? To continue to knock until that door opens up. To continue to ask until they receive it. Until you to seek until they find it. This is the diligent seeker. Someone who has got a, a resolution of faith that nobody can talk them out of. A resolution of faith that no circumstances can break them away from. Because, you know, life comes at you sometimes and, you know, you get excited about the Word of God and you get out there in, in reality and then life hits you right in the face. You know? And it's easy to get discouraged. It's easy to get weary and it's easy. Anybody can do that, but the diligent seeker is not going to do that even through the weariness, even through the tears, even through the struggle, the diligent seeker is saying, no, 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 no. I'm getting what God promised me. And I know it's a fight, and I'm going to fight. No matter how long the fight, I'm fighting because I know this is worth fighting for. Amen. And you'll find that God is true to his word. He's true to his word. He will not leave you, and he will not forsake you. And he always keeps his promises. And this is what God loves to do. He's pleased to do it for those who believe. He's a rewarder to those who diligently yeah. seek him. It takes a diligent seeker. I was telling the early service at Thackerville, Oklahoma. Anybody know where Thackerville is? You know where Windstar Casino is? Yeah. Then you know where Thackerville is, all right? That's my hometown. Now, that casino wasn't there when I was around. 
but eventually showed up and turned it into a big city. <laughs> I say big city. But by that time, Thackerville was just a couple hundred people and still to this day doesn't have a stoplight. Just has a stop sign down on Main Street, which is one street. It's the main one. <laughs> My dad was on his way home. Uh, when I was a kid and he was worked for Santa Fe Railroad back then and he was on his way home and he had passed by Willard Crabtree's house that sat on the corner and Willard Crabtree's uh, Willard Crabtree had this prized pit bull dog he loved this dog now this dog was well you know how pit bull dogs can be and it, any animal within a mile of it it had destroyed and but he loved this dog and one day, Dad's coming home from work, and he, and he passes by the Crabtree's house, and he could look back in their backyard and saw a sight that freaked him out. So much so that he stopped his car because he saw a rope hanging from the tree, and he saw that pit bull hanging from that rope. And he thought, oh, man, these boys have hung their dad's dog. Now, he knew their dad wouldn't do it. He said, but they probably had killed somebody's chickens or something, and they had to do away with him. And he said, these are the kind of boys that wouldn't just shoot him, they'd hang him. So he got out of the car and he's heading back there thinking, oh my goodness, what have they done to Willard's dog? And he, as he gets closer, he realizes that rope is not around that dog's neck. That dog is holding on to that rope with his mouth. And he's very much alive. And he said every once in a while, he'd... Now he said that the, the other part to this story, he said, what's interesting, he says this rope is six foot high off the ground. He said, I'm looking high level. This dog... And, and he said, as I'm standing here taking this all in, here come the, trab, the Crabtree boys, Johnny, Jimmy, and Gene. And they all file out of the house and say, hey, John, what are you doing here? He said, well, that's not really the question. What's that dog doing up there? They said, oh, that's, our, that's, that's daddy's prized dog. He said, yeah, I know. He said, I thought y'all had hung him. He said, and then I saw what was going on. He said, why is he doing that? He said, well, we're training him to fight. Now, you understand that Thackerville uh, exceeds natural laws. That they don't go, necessarily abide by all the laws of the land, <laughs> knowing that that's illegal. But and, and said so train him to fight. And we said, well, 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 how did he get up there? So he jumped up there. He said, No, he did not jump up. There. Yeah, he did. And they said, You know what, John? There ain't nothing anybody can do to make that dog turn loose. He lets go when he's ready. And Dad said, Really? He said, As we stood there and talked, maybe ten minutes. He said, Here in a little bit. <laughs> That dog let go of the, the knot on the end of that rope. And he said, he's walking around, and Dad said, he really did jump up there? They said, yeah. He, and they said, watch this, John. And he said, one of them just got under the rope and just did with his hand like this, kind of stirred around and then pointed up at the rope. And he said, I watched it with amazement as that pit bull made a circle under there and jumped up and grabbed a hold of that rope again and went to tearing that knot up again. Listen, nobody is going to tell you you can't get what God has for you. Nobody's going to turn you loose of that promise when you have diligence to seek Him out until you see what He's promising you, until you live in the reality of that promise. Listen to How many pit bulls are in here today, huh? I got any pit bull Christians, huh? Don't let go. Don't let go. Because the reward is coming. The reward is yours. El Shaddai is on the scene. Your all-sufficient sustainer wants to get things to you. Bless you. And he is seeking such to seek him. Seeking such to seek, to seek him.
Do you know that radio waves were not discovered until the 1860s? They were not discovered. And, and, and the first man by the name of Maxwell, he was a, a Scottish scientist, he just had a, a, a math equation that led him to that thought that radio waves must be there. As a matter of fact, he had this developing theory that revealed electricity and magnetism are just different aspects of the same phenomenon. Well, and that's about as far as it went, but then a guy by the name of Heinrich Hertz, who was German, obviously. You've heard of Hertz. How many Hertz? Do you have a Hertz donut? No, that has nothing to do with it. Hertz Renicar. <laughs> Heinrich Hertz, he, he actually did a, an experiment based upon those mathematics, and, but he dismissed radio waves as of no use whatsoever. And then a guy by the name of Marconi. You've ever heard of any radio station winning the Marconi Award? Marconi was the one, the Italian electrical engineer, who invented ways of turning electrical discharges into detectable signals. This is extraordinary. And, and he is regarded the inventor of radio communication. He was the first to send simple radio signals all the way across the Atlantic Ocean because he saw that there were no barriers, no, wall, no walls, no, not even the vacuum of space could stop radio waves. This is in the late 1800s. How long had radio waves been around? Since the beginning of time. But it wasn't until someone started seeking that they found them. Who knows what is yet to be found? Who knows? Thousands of years that was locked up. Nobody knew about them. Nobody knew about oil for a long time either. Just some kind of seepage from the ground. But that wasn't even until 1859, I think, is when they had the big oil strike in Pennsylvania. And then we know the Spindletop uh, oil well down in, in South Texas that in one day, in one day, in one day, one well produced more oil than all the wells on, in the world. God bless Texas. And the petroleum industry just blew up from there. Late 1800s, how long had it been there? Centuries, thousands of years. See, he's a, he's, he is faithful. He's a reward of those who diligently seek him. Just because nobody else has seen it doesn't mean you can't see it. Just because nobody else has experienced it doesn't mean you can't experience it. God's not limited by that. He's just opened himself up and says, I am El Shaddai. I want to be this for you. I want to bless you abundantly. Will you take me in this way? And we say, yes, indeed, sir. Let me lead you in a confession, and then we'll get out of here today. Stand up, please. Thank you, Lord. Woo. Amen. Say this with me. Since God is able, God is willing. I believe that Almighty God can do exceedingly abundantly above all I ask or think. I also believe that God will do exceedingly abundantly above all that I ask or think. Father, do that for us. We say yes to you. And Lord, we set our hearts to receive from you and we will diligently seek you in this way. We will not quit. We choose to not grow weary while doing good. We believe you, God, and we're willing to fight. We're willing to confess the word of God. We're willing to 
against all odds, continue to stand. To continue to stand and say, you are the God of more than enough. And we will have what you freely give to us in Jesus' name. Father, bless all these here today. Bless these fathers. Pray that this day will be enriching to them, Lord, and restful and joyful. Thank you, Father God. Thank you for blessing upon every family here. The peace of God would rest upon them in the precious name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And remember this today, my family, this news that has come to us, this good news that changed all of our lives and continues to change people's lives. Christ died for our sins. He was buried and he rose again the third day. Whoever believes on him, that's anybody in this room, whoever believes on him will receive everlasting life. So today, if you're not saved, if, you're, if you don't have a relationship with God, let me just encourage you today. Call on his name. Say, Jesus, I believe you died for me. I believe you died for my sins. I want you to be my Savior. I want to be part of the family of God. To believe this wonderful news is to be saved and to secure your place in his family and ultimately in heaven. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace in Jesus' precious name. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.